35. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we're in the thick of numbers. Moving right along, man. Numbers has been so good for me and my own soul. And in number 17, we are coming off the heels of God's judgment on Korah. Right. And those who were with him and what God is going to do is show that even though they they rebelled against the priesthood, Moses and Aaron, God is going to reassure us of his choosing of the priesthood. And he vindicates hear this, their relationship and role to him and to his people. All right. So in verse eight of chapter 17, this weird thing is going to happen where Aaron's staff. It's going to sprout, it's going to bud, it's going to blossom and produce these almonds. And so God is going to perform, hear this, the miraculous in nature to assert something about himself, right? So God tells Moses to take Aaron's staff and place it in front of the testimony along with the other staffs of the other other tribal leaders. And what you're going to see is God is going to perform this miracle. Why? This is so that the rebels could be reminded not to rebel and murmur against him. God was using them. God had set them apart for his special purpose, right? And what God is trying to say here is that, yo, even though rebellion is rampant against Aaron and my priests, I still identify with them, right? This shows us, hear this, and this is good news for us. This shows us that opposition is not evidence that God is opposed to us, right? In this life as believers, there's going to be opposition. And that could cause us to doubt that God is with us or that God too is opposed to us or that this isn't the path that he's called you to. But actually, it may be an indication that he's actually called you to do this, right? So, And we see that, yo, like this, you know, this very um, opposition that they're receiving is actually a proof that God chose them and that God was on their side. And these are the leaders he wanted to have his people under in this particular time. So God always hear this. God always vindicates the righteous. And he does this in the case of Moses and Aaron. Right. So he's trying to set that up in 17 and 18. He comes. And though he's like, yo, and even though folks are getting rowdy, I'm going to reassure you of that, of of your chosenness, but I'm also going to reassure you of your role, right? He's going to provide clarity here for the priests. And he doesn't just, again, merely vindicate the priestly office, but also its function, right? So 18 is going to readdress and expand the role of the Levites as the guardians of the tabernacle. Remember, we said before that the priest's job was to lead the people in worship, to reconcile the people back to God with, 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 uh, with holy sacrifices, and to guard this tabernacle, right? So remember, you think about Adam. Again, Adam was a priestly figure, right? He was meant to guard the tabernacle, right? But he let the snake the serpent come in and it caused chaos and what god is trying to say here is like no i'm clarifying what your role is guard the worship so that my people can worship me right um and so we see that for the levitical priests and on the back end of the chapter god is going to speak of the way in which they will be rewarded, right? So with the tithe, so the people of God in this time would take a tenth of their income to pay the priests and the Levites. It was their reward and compensation for doing these duties at the tabernacle for the Lord, um, 
in the wilderness. And so you see that, um, you know, the Levites essentially took care of the spiritual needs of Israel in the community. And the community took care of the physical needs of the Levites. The Levites were this group that did not receive an inheritance in the promised land, right? So God promised this land to his people. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm your inheritance, right? They didn't receive a specific piece of land because of their duty at the tabernacle, right? And so what God is doing, all in all, what God is trying to do is put this structure in place so that the community, so that the community is able to thrive, right? God has prescribed things, even as uh, New Testament Christians who live on the backside of the cross and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. You see in the New Testament how God has put these things in place so that the community can thrive, not to hinder the community in any way. And he's going to come again in 19 and talk about um, more about the priests and about this purification ritual. Right. So the present context is going to outline the ritual, the ritual um, for specific sources of uncleanness. And remember, uncleanness right in this text was associated with touching a corpse a human bone or coming through or coming near any other thing that had died and what what god is trying to show here is that again uncleanness is associated with death and god is the essence of life therefore purification had to be made for the priests because they were holy and the camp had to be holy right and so the lord is going to implement that finally chapter 20 comes very key the people of god have made it hear this to the wilderness of zen right so this chapter begins the final travel section of the book of numbers and some of y'all like whoo finally right (laughs) um and what many people will argue is that this is the 40th year so you read the bible and the bible is always going to say like yo israel was in the wilderness for 40 years right And so the first generation, right, the first generation that actually came out of Egypt, most of them have actually died, right? Most of them have been judged and have wandered for these 40 years. And now we see this new generation has come up. But what you're going to see, though, is that this new generation, right, is kind of like the first one, right? So Israelites, they complain like their parents did right these Israelites going to complain like their parents did and the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree right they start complaining about water <laughs> right and Moses you're going to see Moses who's been faithful this whole time he's going to get fed up right he shows in a sense that he's of the first generation right and so after folks start to complain God says yo speak to this rock water will gush out I'm going to provide water from the rock Moses, in frustration and anger, hear this, disobeys the Lord and he hits the rock. Why? Why is that important? Because up to this point, again, it was Moses did everything the Lord commanded him. Moses did everything the Lord commanded, right? Everything over and over and over and over. And what Moses shows, hear this, Moses shows us that a track record of faithfulness doesn't guard you from failure, right? A track record of faithfulness doesn't guard you from failure. And this rock, listen, this rock was a symbol of God's mercy and benevolence. And he violated that relationship. And so God is going to say, 
Moses and Aaron, you guys will not enter the land. Why is this important? Because 1 Corinthians 10, you know what Paul's going to say? He says, yo, this was not just written for them. This was written for us. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 10. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, hear this, God was not pleased with most of them, not all, most of them since they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things, hear this, took place as an example for us. So that, why? So that we will not desire evil things as they did. And he's gonna go on into idolatry and all these things that the people desire. But one of these things he's going to say, one of the things he's gonna say in that passage is take heed lest you fall, right? Take heed lest you fall, right? Moses fell and he was one who had been faithful this entire time and man i think again bro like i think it would just be helpful for us to take a step back and think about the goodness of god even in the midst of this the goodness of god in christ for a moment and if we think about the lord jesus you know the israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and god provided for them jesus willingly fasted in the wilderness for 40 days while receiving direct temptation from Satan. And he didn't falter, complain, or rebel against the Lord. Not one time, right? They complained for food and water. Jesus didn't complain one bit. Jesus is the true Israel, meaning everything that Israel was supposed to be, Jesus was everything that Israel was supposed to do, Jesus does perfectly. In fact, hear this. In fact, in the same way, this is very important, in the same way that the first generation dies, right? The first generation of Israelites that came out of Egypt dies. And then the second generation, hear this, is raised up, right? to go into the promised land so god is still faithful because he's like yo i told israel they were going to the promised land even though i had to take take the first generation had to die because they were wicked they're still going to make it in as a people they're still going to and we see a resurrection of sorts of the people of god and what happens in the life of jesus he dies as someone who didn't deserve it but as if he was of our generation he actually dies but even more so he has been raised the apostle paul would say even more so, he has been raised by God. Why? To lead us into the true and ultimate promised land, right? Moses too. Moses didn't make it. Moses didn't make it to the, Moses didn't make it to the promised land, right? He failed, but Jesus leads us through. What is the Bible trying to show us? As great as Moses was, as much as Israel did, we needed someone better. As a great, as great as Aaron was, we needed a better high priest. We, need, we don't need someone who can get us to the brink of the promised land. We need someone who can give us our inheritance. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He fully obeys and leads God's people into a final and end time heavenly blessing and promise that no one before him and no one after him ever could. Brothers and sisters today, when you want to look to leaders to find your ultimate uh, satisfaction and ultimate 
guidance to where God has called you, which is his heavenly throne and his heavenly abode. Remember that it is only the Lord Jesus who is going to bring you to that place. Let's pray. Father, we pray uh, for our hearts today, God. I pray that we wouldn't grumble. I pray that we wouldn't be like Israel in the wilderness. We know that those things were written as an example for us. We pray that we would trust in Jesus, the true and better Israel who leads us into the promised land. Father, give us strength today to lean on him and live faithfully before you. It's in Christ's name we pray.